0: Dear family, let us pray together Mother Angelica's prayer for the United States. Lord God, I ask in all humility that you bless this country as unworthy as we are. Protect it from every evil. Protect it from the enemy. Protect it, Lord, that it may accomplish thy will and keep thy commandments. I ask, Lord, with a pleading heart to look down upon us in our unworthiness. Give this country a renewal of devotion to you, to your law, and to your commandments, Lord. Let us be once more a country under you, Lord. May we once more say, In God we trust. Guide us and protect this country from every evil and every harm. Amen. The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: Hello, Dr. Ray. Hi, Dr. Ray. How are you? I'm sure I'm going to get really good
2: advice from you. Well, I don't know about that. You're right on track with us. You're right on track. My idea, my theory, my guidance is a bit of a stretch. everybody make a mistake? Does that comfort you? No. Am I close? No. You are so wrong. You're so wonderful. Why do I have to be the insightful professional? Someone
1: intelligent on radio. Yay!
2: Did I make you feel a lot better or what?
1: No, you made me feel worse.
0: Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Uh,
2: My wife's birthday is coming up. And she's subtle. She's been leaving... Jewelry catalogs all over the house. I'm a psychologist. I, I, I can read nonverbal cues. So I went out and I, I bought her a magazine rack. Good to have you with me. I'm Dr. Ray. Thanks for joining me on this E-Person Monday. As always, as I've said over and over again, at the risk of being repetitive, superfluous pleonasm, redundancy, I call it e-person because i can't say e-mail not now oh that's so linguistically insensitive male no because some of as a matter of fact probably the bulk of it comes from females but I can't say female either because that's of the male i don't really know what to say about it and i can't say person because it's got sun in it and e-people just sounds dumb So I just call it e-person, hoping I'm going to get away with it for a little while longer before somebody says, you can't say that. I do get as many missives. Wait a minute, I can't say missive either, right? Mis mis Missives. I do get as many missives as I get calls. And I had to find some way to deal with some of them. Typically, it's, do you know anybody in our area that has a Catholic worldview that I could approach as a counselor or therapist? That's, that's one big request. Another big request is, are you familiar with this book? And which I say, no, I'm not, but hey, I have something you might want to look into myself. Always gives me a chance, you know, get my, it's kind of like your internet foot in the door selling your own product. And then there are those emails that lend themselves to ePerson Monday. However, there seems to be an optimum length. Uh, I just had one recently that said, problem with addiction. And that was it. That was the substantive aspect of the email. Okay. Can you maybe add a sentence or two to flesh it out? Then there are those that are, well, they rival books in length. And I can't do those either because typically the situation is enormously complex or it would just take too long to edit it down for e person Monday so we will get to those shortly I had a priest friend who has since passed away a very faithful man I asked him one time what for you is the main piece of evidence for the truth of God and Christianity that Jesus was God. He said the system works. I said what system? Liturgical? Clerical? What system? He said the moral system. Just today I read a column by a woman who is Well, she declares her Catholic upbringing. I don't know if she still remains in the church. But she talked about God's ways. And she said you can directly tie the chaos and the decay of our culture, which seems to be happening on fast forward. And that makes sense, because technology can make communication ever so rapid and ever so broad. She said that, The connection between God's ways and cultural chaos is frayed badly, and to the degree that God says, here are some rules to live life by, many people find those burdensome. They say, "Oh yeah, he's just up there trying to get rid of my fun. There's so many things I could do if if I have to ignore what he says, that's for sure. this adultery thing, this marriage thing before you have physical relations, this whole idea of don't steal, I may mean, not directly steal because I can get in trouble with the law, but I'm going to cheat wherever I can get away with that, and on and on. One would think, I remember my wife saying once that as she was on her way into the Catholic Church, one of her worries was that she would have to give up some of the things that she liked doing. Now, she was, she was not doing illegal things. She was not doing immoral things. But she thought, you know, the Catholics, you've got to kind of just kind of toe the line, you know. You've got to walk the narrow path. And she said as she got closer to the church, she realized, no, no, these were not constrictions. These enhanced her freedom because she wouldn't be bound. She wouldn't be semi-paralyzed by her own passions if left to her own devices. And again, she wasn't immoral. She, she didn't do things that were illegal or fattening. But at the same time, she wondered what it would all mean to follow the Catholic Church's guidance on living your life. And that was some 20 years ago. And uh, I dare say she's more, consent, more content, more joyful, and more free, having been a Catholic all these years, despite... Being married to me. So, the system works, and it truly does. Many counselors will tell you that if someone comes into their office and their life is a mess, they made so many bad decisions, one pile on top of another, the domino effect of all of the choices that they strung together have really resulted in depression or anxiety or frustration or misery or discontent and so much of it is that they whether knowingly or not have drifted or rejected the way that God said to do things his notions are for our own good and that, that's kind of come as no surprise to people but you would be surprised at how many outside the church think that i could not deal with those rules now of course when the catholic church says something like <laughs> as it used to be i hope it's coming back sunday mass is an obligation you can't give one hour to our Lord in worship and to partake of the Eucharist holy, then someone's got to question your involvement in, in all this. So people say, oh, well, I don't know. That's just a rule. I, look what it does. The Sunday's the one day I'd like to sleep in and just relax. I don't want to have to try to go to Mass on Saturday. It breaks up the whole day. I got to get chores done. Going to Mass, ultimately, is for one's good. It, it does. It does. You, there are all kinds of surveys. That people who regularly attend mass as a group are much more content, their marriages are better, they have less distress and anxiety in their lives. Well, Doctor Ray, that doesn't mean it's gone to mass. Could have been a whole bunch of other things. You know, these these may be people that are just living life well, and mass is part of it. Okay, you can make that case. Nevertheless, mass is still associated with that. So when Jesus says, "Do it this way," don't do it this way. He knows. He built us. I have a new book coming out. It's called Jesus the Master Psychologist. Listen to him. And in that book, I talk about Jesus saying, do it this way, don't do it this way. 21 or 22 chapters like that, and how it works. What it will do, in fact, if you follow it to your own peace, your own joy, your your lack of psychological stress, distress, anxiety, depression, nervousness, upset, social struggles, all of that. It's related. If Jesus was God, then it is automatic he knew the best way to live. And if he knew the best way to live, to the degree that we live it, we will have eternal life, beginning here. I'm Dr. Ray.
0: All the advice, none of the bills. Come in. The doctor is in. Oh, hi, Dr. Ray. I'm, I'm thrilled I get to talk to you. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you are automatically own shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria mutual funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA. Or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Mississippi presented a brief to the Supreme Court. And in that brief, the state of Mississippi argued that the Constitution of the United States does not confer a right to abortion. Asking the court to finally admit the cases claiming there is such a right, Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, have been wrongly decided and need to be overruled. Now, make no mistake, this is coming to a very different Supreme Court than we've had in the past, because former President Trump kept his promise to appoint originalist judges. And even if we assume they regard Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey as bad decisions, we really don't know how they might go about revising, dismantling, reforming Roe. This is going to be a very consequential Supreme Court case.
1: Cresta in the afternoon with Al Cresta, 4 Eastern on EWTN
2: Radio.
0: This program brought to you in part by the nonprofit Angelicum Academy.
3: This is Father Joseph Fessio with an important message for Catholic families. Online education doesn't require experimental gene therapy and masks, nor be subjected to critical race theory and the cancel culture. High school and homeschool students can earn 75 college credits online and a fully accredited associate's degree for less than $4,000 a year and save $100,000. To learn how, go to angelicum.net. That's angelicum.net.
2: Persons that people send me are not necessarily life situations. This one comes from Paul. He says, here is a comment you can make on your radio show. He said to me, Dr. Ray, thank you for your advice. I got what I paid for. (laughs) Got it. All right. Let's see what this one is. I have a 15-year-old daughter who has bought into everything she is hearing and seeing on social media in terms of all the hot-button topics, racism, homophobia, misogyny, etc. Okay, let me stop there, Amy. This is no surprise. Social media is heavy, heavy with notions, immorality, sexual confusion that is diametrically opposed to what believers believe. It is everywhere there. Some media surveys have pointed out that they they concluded that some of the confusion that is running rampant sexually among our teens these days, especially girls, is due to the messages they're getting relentlessly on the top social media sites, which are saying, abandon the morals you were brought up with. Abandon what you were taught. This is the better way to think. This is the more enlightened way to think. And he goes on. She knows that I hold conservative Catholic views, so she tries to bait me. Into conversations. Thus so just so she can berate me over my responses by calling me names and ridiculing me. Amy Okay, let's let's parse this sentence. She baits you into conversations, which means she doesn't want to hear what you have to say, she just wants to argue, she just wants to tell you how wrong you are. She's very clearly being socialized by the culture. Very, very clearly being socialized by the culture. If your daughter were taking a little spoonful of poison every day, wasn't killing her, just really making her sick, and just making her sicker, what would you do? Would you say, now stop taking that poison? Or would you get the poison out of your house? You already know how she's being misshaped by social media. Now, there's good news and there's bad news. The good news is, as a parent, you can make a decision to say, this is, this is just not healthy for my daughter, and I am going to eliminate the source, which means you eliminate the phone, which means she's going to sneak to get another phone. You're going to have to be aware of that. But in the meantime, you start. The bad news, she's 15. She's lived on it for I don't know how long. It has misshaped her. It has convinced her that she's right. You are wrong. It has become her life. It has become her everything. So if you step in now, all heck is going to break loose. The most intense reactions that I have seen from teenagers, particularly teenage girls, who have had smartphones and total access To social media, the most intense reactions I have seen come from them when their parents decide, oh, this is just bad. This is an emotional poison. This is a moral poison. This is absolutely toxic to her character and her thinking and her religion and the way I've tried to raise her. And then the parent says, I blew it. The only thing I know to do now is to stop the bleeding. However, at that point, the child erupts. I've had many parents tell me the child will not give him the phone. I've had many parents tell me the child will get another phone from a friend because you're a psycho parent and the friends are going to help her out. I've had many parents tell me the child will hide the phone. I've had many parents tell me all the ways... And the parent who now finds herself, himself, facing this kind of resistance, this kind of resentment, this kind of rebellion, is scared. What is this child capable of? So that's, I think, part of what you're facing with her. She yells at me. She gets very nasty. I can't try to reason with her because she doesn't want to hear what I have to say. She starts an argument. For the sake of starting Army. Now, mom, she's being really disrespectful. She's being incredibly disrespectful. So, my question for you is what are you doing about her disrespect? What exactly is your response in terms of her perks and her privileges and everything she takes for granted? Her curling iron, makeup, transportation, sports, whatever her life is consisting of and its perks and privileges and freedoms. She's just brutally mistreating you now. You make no mention of a dad here. I'm wondering if you're a single mom. I'm wondering if he has visitation. I'm wondering if he's, sadly, like so many dads today, sit back and just watch mom battle it out with the kid. And don't get involved. Just kind of do your own thing and let the child... Take it out on mom. And by the way, if there's any of you guys listening, I hope so, do not let a teenager abuse your wife. Even if your wife, as Amy says, is baited into getting down on the child's level with words and emotions, verbal brawl, you step in. You protect that woman. And I'll tell you what, it will redound to you because I cannot tell you how many women are in my office telling me, I wish my husband would step up. He takes a back seat. He allows this. And then when I get frustrated and I get really, really angry, he kind of looks at me like, well, you're as bad as she is. Yeah, but mom's reaction is a response to what this child is doing. And furthermore, mom has the authority. Let me go on here. I have tried to simply not respond when she tries to bait me. Well, Mama, baiting you is disrespectful, obviously. And then this just brings on her anger and overall nastiness. How can I respond to her in a way that might get her to stop and think instead of simply to react? I don't know if you can, Mom. I don't know if you can. I think the dynamic has been set that she thinks you're so totally, completely weird and out of touch that she just takes delight in provoking you. And I think until the time comes when you decide, I am going to reassert my authority, I'm going to put limits. Mom says, it's one thing that she does it with me. Now, wait a minute, Mom. I know, I know what you're going to say right after that line. But before we go there, I'm going to say no. It's the worst that she does it with you. You're her mother. You've given this child 90% of everything she has. But mom says, it's one thing she does it with me, but she's starting to react that way to friends, classmates, and teachers in her Catholic school who disagree with her point of view. Well, what you're saying is she's becoming obnoxious with everybody and as long as that social media toxin keeps pouring into her veins i'm not sure in any way you're going to stop it the only thing you can do is decide as a parent what you're going to do about the phone what you're going to do about social media but but keep in mind as i said earlier um the reaction could be nuclear on this the bad news is you sort of got yourself in a corner She's. Already been convinced that you, Catholic morality, other people who don't think like she does, are beneath her, are to be put down, are to be mistreated. Mom says in this final line, My job is to prepare her for the world and ultimately for heaven, but I feel like I'm failing. I don't know if you're failing, Mom, but I think what's happening is you are allowing very, very powerful. Entertaining, seductive information, temptations, opportunities, perspectives to flow into her brain, her heart, her soul, pretty much unabated. There's no gate. It's just coming in. (sighs) Sometimes in these cases... When the child is most difficult at age 14, 15, 16, 17, they do shift. They do alter. They do somewhat grow up at the hands of getting knocked around by the world when they're 26. Sometimes. My experience has been it's scary to wait for that to happen because you really don't know what's going to happen along the way, who she's going to hook up with, who she's going to get involved with, who she's, what she's going to do. It's always the toughest thing when a parent looks at this child across from her, the child that the parent has raised, and said, who is this? I don't know who this is. I have a book called Raising Upright Kids, Mom. Defying the anti-parent culture. It's on my website, and it talks about all of this stuff. I'm Dr. Ray.
1: Bishop Robert Barron on the priesthood.
0: You as a parent apply Galatians 5. Is watch your kids as they move into the religious space, if you want to put it that way. I you know, made noises about the priesthood on and off when I was a little kid. My parents were never oppressive about it. They never pressed me in that direction. But they would quietly indicate an openness to that, or like, that's a good thing. I remember I still have it upstairs, a Bible that my parents got me for Christmas in 1969. I'm a little kid. And it's, you know, from Mom and Dad to Bob, at Christmas 1969. They knew, they sensed I was kind of interested in religious things. So I would say that don't be pushy, of course. But don't go the other direction. That's, my generation got too much of that. was, oh, oh, back off. Who am I to tell you what to do? You make your, up your mind. No, I think gently, quietly affirming that, yeah, that's a good thing you're thinking about. And you should be open to that. EWTN.
3: Live truth. Live Catholic.
1: The Word became flesh to redeem us from our sinful state, the Catechism tells us, and reconcile us to God. We lived in darkness, and needed a great light we were prisoners and we needed to be freed in such a miserable state we needed a divine human mediator to descend from heaven through jesus suffering and death we learned how much god loved us for divinity to descend to humanity and humanity in the poorest circumstances demanded great love and great sacrifice and great humility It also gave us a great role model whom we could and should imitate on our life's journey. Jesus is the embodiment of the Beatitudes and the norm of the new law. He commanded us to love one another as I have loved you. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism.
2: Have you with me, Doctor Ray Garendi Program. The doctor is in. It's the Monday version of the doctor is in. It's E Person Monday, where we tackle. Oh, I was going to say tackle. Oh no, no, that's <sighs> this language is not allowed. Um, take on. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of it. Uh, share. Yeah, I where I could share emails. Uh, address address is probably okay. The e persons that come in it's really hard to stay up with the ever changing grammatical rules that of course are supposed to express wrong ideas, you use the wrong words. all that indicates is that you got the wrong ideas you got culturally now inappropriate ideas, sins, cultural sins. so I'll be very, very careful. Well, on this e-person Monday, we address what you send me, um, hand-selected for certain length, certain types of problems. This one's been kind of sitting with me for a while. Oh gosh, for a long, long while. And I'm, <laughs> the good news is, I would imagine the problem is still the same because it speaks of a personality trait. Now, the one thing interesting about personality traits. Wait a minute! I got sidetracked. No, I had more I had to say. I'll I'll get to this e person, but I I wanted to say more about that that previous previous letter where mom is basically saying her daughter is being badly misshaped by social media, and is pretty much becoming ugly and nasty and intolerant and disagreeable and disrespectful toward mother. Okay, not unusual. I was raking leaves. This was back in the fall, not in the winter, as you could probably gather. I was raking leaves at a property that I own in the back. One of the neighbor fellows comes over and he says, did you see a, see a girl walk through here? I said, how old? He said, 15. I said, no, no, nobody, nobody's come through here. He said, ah, my daughter's run away. And then he headed back lickety-split to his house. I finished up my raking. And then I went over to his door, and I knocked on the door, and I said, "Uh, anything I can help you with? He said, no, she's back. And I said, you took her phone, didn't you? He looked at me, like, how did you know that? And he said, yeah, we did. Her her grades were, were terrible. And we told her, you can't, you can't have a phone if your grades are going to be like that. Now, I didn't say anything, but I wanted to say, what's she doing with a phone even if she's got straight A's? So what? It, it bespeaks of something that now is so intense in our culture. And, and the research is just overwhelming, overwhelming. I'm mean, just coming from every direction that giving kids smartphones at the average age that they're now getting it, which is 10. But even if you hold off till 13 and 14, in my clinical experience and opinion, that is an incredibly early age to get a smartphone. Of course, <clears throat> there's, you run into problems here. Because if your child is 14 and she doesn't have a smartphone, she's 1%. Anytime a kid is 1% of anything... They do not look at you and say, I am so glad I have a mother or father who goes against the cultural tide. Truly, truly, to be 1% must mean they're exceptional in wisdom, judgment, morals, understanding. No, 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 no. Kids go by the numbers. The farther you are, out of the bulk of numbers the more wrong you are. So if this child's 14 and doesn't have a smartphone yet the pressure on you is unbelievable. Unbelievable! And it will push many kids to try to sneak one. It will push many kids to feel like I can't wait to get out of your sight because you are just a Neanderthal. You're quasi-Amish. It's true. It's true. It's very, 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 very hard to hold the line on this. And then what tends to happen is, like our previous e-person, uh, they've allowed it. They've allowed this figure, and the child will be responsible in handling it. And maybe there are, there are those kids who are. There's a, a small percentage of those kids who are. But eventually, with time, things happen. All kinds of things. And then the parent is faced with a very, very stark choice. Do I allow this to continue? Or do I take action to stop it, knowing, knowing that the reaction I'm going to experience from my child could rival anything I've ever experienced from this child? That is... That is the decision when you get to that point and you assess this and say, I caught her sexting. I've caught her heading in all kinds of sites. Now, one option, of course, and it's a big one, and it is one that, by the way, the majority of parents don't take advantage of. There are ways that you can limit the sites she can go to. You can limit apps. There are ways you can pair your phone, your device, to her device so you know everywhere she goes, everyone she's talked to, every piece of contact that's come in or out of that phone. You can do that. It's possible. I don't know how to do it, Dr. Ray. Uh, Go to your local cell phone store or talk to a computer person, somebody that you know. you You can find it. I don't know how to do it. Fortunately, all my kids kind of grew up just barely before all this started to gain momentum. You could do that. Some parents limit the cell phone to an hour a day in the kitchen. There's all kinds of things. But free access is flat out asking for major competition in shaping who your child is, how she thinks. Her morals, her religion in every way, because those social media sites that she's gonna frequent anyway do not think like you in so many ways. And and, and sadly so many parents are bit later after they initially just kind of went with the flow of the culture, the technology is here, this is what kids are doing, I don't want to be too far out of the mainstream because I don't want to deal with all the fights and the battles and the brawls and the resentment and everything else that could occur. So therefore, I yield. And then, in time, and it's, it's usually when it's caught, because a lot of times it's not caught for a long time, once it's once it's gained momentum and and taken root and solidified, that's kind of a mixed mixed metaphor, isn't it? Gain momentum and taken root. Okay, sorry about that. Now it's going to be real tough to back off on. All right, enough enough commentary on that. I, I've I I know I repeat it because it is just something that is so so potent against faith-filled parents. We'll get to this little daughter who has a perfectionistic trait.
3: Dr. Ray.
0: Christ is the answer with Father John Ricardo. We just did our parish mission a couple weeks ago now, and I suggested that in the course of the mission that we do something like a, a little mini spiritual assessment of our lives. I don't have to show this to anybody, but a great chance for us just to, with real honesty, just between us and Jesus, ask ourselves some questions. First question, given the fact that half of Catholics don't think God is even personal, would be to ask ourselves that. Do I think God is personal? And then to ask myself, do I think a relationship with Jesus is possible? Do I have a relationship with Jesus? And if so, what's it look like? And then perhaps a little bit more awkwardly, or painfully, to ask Jesus, from his perspective, what's the friendship that we have with him look like? How would he describe our friendship with him? That might be a hard conversation to have.
3: I'm Dr. Stan Williams, and this is Evidences for Christianity. For decades after Christ's resurrection, the gospel stories were circulated only by word of mouth. How is it possible that the Gospel records were transmitted without error before being written down? The answers are intriguing. For one thing, in ancient Judaism, memories were perfected by endless repetition, patterned learning and mnemonics, and it helped that the culture demanded complete recall. Further, the Gospel stories were protected by the oversight of living eyewitnesses and the ever-present opposition in the crowds who were anxious to correct any misreporting. Finally, the reporting of embarrassing events about the authors themselves tells us that they were more interested in telling the truth than covering up. And all that is evidence for Christianity. Explore more at AveMariaRadio.net. Under Resources, look for me, Dr. Stan Williams. In spite of
0: everything as you can hear, there are still some people with a sense of humor.
2: Dr. Rager, Andy, thanks joining me Monday through Friday, one o'clock Eastern Time. The doctor is in television show uh, entering into its tenth season, airing all those new ones very soon. Had to be a little creative in this uh, past COVID response. Couldn't get live audiences, but we we did something did something a little tricky. We had some uh, least worst of mix and match for for new stuff mixed with some of the better old stuff or the least bad old stuff. And we also did, believe it or not, we had four shows where we had a virtual audience. We had several monitors and people signed up to be on the monitors. So that that worked out pretty good. So that's going to be coming up. Uh, Living Right with Dr. Ray is um, aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio uh, uh, TV network. And that is Saturdays, ten PM Eastern, as well as Tuesdays nine thirty AM Eastern and uh Fridays five AM Eastern. I was, you know, initially thought, wow, oh, are they trying to hide me? But then I realized no, no, they're those guys. They're trying to make the show available to different times for different people. At least that's the way I want to look at it. <laughs> Before I get to your e-persons here, my wife and I have just got the grill out, and I thought, uh, I'm going to volunteer. I I, I said, honey, time for me to be the guy. I want a barbecue. So I put the following chain of events into motion. My wife goes to the store. She fixes the salad, the vegetables, the dessert. My wife prepares the meat for cooking, places it on a tray along with the utensils, takes it to me, who's lounging in my chair beside the grill drinking a Diet Coke. I take the meat, I place it on the grill. My wife goes inside, she sets the table, she checks the vegetables. She then comes out to tell me that the meat is burning. So I take it off the grill and I hand it to her. She prepares the plate. She brings them to the table. After we eat, she clears the table. She does the dishes. And I asked her, honey, how did you enjoy your night off? Upon seeing her annoyed look, I just thought, well, geez, I tried. I tried to. I tried to do something nice, and this is what happened. My 11-year-old daughter displays... Some personality traits of a perfectionist. All right, let me stop right there. Whenever we get into using personality traits to describe someone, which is what we do, we we have to take a whole bunch of data that has come into us as we have observed a person over many times and places, and we summarize all of that, with a certain personality label. Now, Mom here says she has the personality traits of a perfectionist. Now, we, whenever you use a personality label, you've you got to ask, what do I mean by this? How did I come to this conclusion? And here's the biggest question. Where, with whom, how much does this supposed trait manifest itself? Example, You have a surly spouse, and you would describe this spouse as surly. That is their personality. They are surly, disagreeable, peevish. Nobody at work thinks so at all. Everybody at work describes this spouse as pleasant, positive, easygoing, upbeat which personality traits are correct both personality manifests itself across situations more or less all right let's let's see how mom de- defines perfectionist she's very hard on herself and gets very upset with herself when she doesn't do things according To her standards. Mm -hmm. Now let me stop there. I know I keep interrupting the E-person. If they called in personally, I'd let them talk a little longer. But the E-person, I can jump in every sentence. This could easily be described as insecurity as much as perfectionistic. I'm unsure of myself so that when... I don't consistently show that I'm competent, I can't handle it well. Now, that's a sign of of insecurity. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this child, of course not, but what I'm saying is you you see the malleability of personality traits? It all depends on how you interpret it. For example, with sports, if she doesn't make a basket or get the ball over the net, She can handle one or two mistakes, but then begins to get visibly upset. All right, stop there. Mom, are you at those games? Because if it were me, I would talk to the coach, and I'd say, would you do me this favor? When you see her letting her head get to her, pull her. Pull her out. And tell her, I can't can't play you because you're getting too upset. My feeling is, my thought is that she will get herself under better control. If she gets agitated with herself, she won't manifest it. She doesn't want to be pulled. When my son Andrew was little, about five or six, I'd pitch him the ball and he'd miss three, four, five, six in a row before he hit one. And then he would smack himself in the head. Or or one time he threw the bat down. And I said, Andrew, any time you throw that bat down, The pitching stops. I won't throw you anymore. It took us a couple, a couple, then he never did it again. Now, if I would have allowed that to go on, I would have gotten to the point where I said, boy, oh boy, he gets frustrated so easily. Look at that. Throws his bat every time we try to play. He's a perfectionist. He just thinks he's supposed to hit the ball every single time. That's what would have happened. But as soon as he found out, I said, no, nope, that's it. You throw, you throw that bat down, I don't care if you smack yourself in the head. That's okay. It's your head. It's my bat. You throw that bat down, I don't pitch anymore. A couple times. That was it. So personality can change. This, this young girl's perfectionist tendencies can change. I talked to the coach. All right. Uh, same with Homework. If she makes mistakes and we have to correct it, she says she is no good at whatever she's doing. But in reality, she's very smart, does great in school, and has many talents, including athletics and artistic ability. Well, then I, <laughs> I would ignore when she says, I can't do this. I, I'm just dumb. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get into this reassurance every time. No, no, you're not dumb. You get straight A's. How can you say you're dumb? Why do you say this? I personally wouldn't engage in that. Ah, uh, the first example of this I can remember is from kindergarten. And it only seems to have gotten worse. If we correct her in any way, not yelling, but just telling her to stop teasing her sister or asking her not to tip her chair back, she gets upset. Says she's a bad girl. Um, <laughs> I guess I look at that as she can believe what she wants. Obviously, she doesn't think she's a bad girl because she does great in school. She does great in sports. she has friends she's socially a pretty positive, pleasant kid, so she just doesn't like being corrected and instead of throwing a fit instead she pulls the old i 'm a terrible person thing. She apologizes all the time, even if she hasn't done anything wrong. If she asks, "Can she have a treat and if I say no, she apologizes all right i see. <laughs> How do I say this? That wouldn't bother me. You can apologize all you want. I I don't care. But Dr. Ray, what does that indicate? That indicates that she's just not a happy child. No, it doesn't indicate that at all. It just means that's a kind of style she has under those circumstances, but you have to look at the rest of her life. How is she doing in the rest of her life? Does she have friends? Is she generally upbeat? How is she doing in school? the teachers like her? All of that. So this is a... If you want to call it a quirk or personality oddity, okay. And she apologizes repeatedly even after we tell her it's okay. See, I would say, you know what, honey, don't apologize anymore. You don't need to apologize anymore. Now go sit down and calm yourself down. That's what I would do. I'm not going to sit there and take on nine apologies. Uh, See, here's where now it gets tricky. We feel like we have to tread lightly at all times with her. Talking to her and reasoning is not working. I wouldn't expect it would, Mom. She's been doing this a long time, and I think the talking with her and reasoning with her is only making it worse. I think most of it you just got to ignore. We've always been encouraging and positive, but it seems like she has no confidence for some reason, I'm at a complete loss to what to do. We've read about fixed mindsets, ooh, that makes me nervous, but don't necessarily understand how to change her from her mindset. Um, well, I, I gave you a couple thoughts here. One, you're not allowed to get disgusted in your sports or another coach pull you. When you say you can't do your schoolwork, I'm not going to sit there and reason with you and say, but you're very good at this. You're so good at this. Look at your grades. Look at the last test you got. Did you see you got a 96? Yeah, but I could have got a 100. I didn't get a 100. I missed those two, and I knew what those two were. I'm not going to get into those kinds of constant reassurance interchanges. That only makes it worse. Mom, how many times have you reassured her, reasoned with her, and she said, you're right, Mom. Gosh. I hadn't looked at it that way. That's not going to happen, right? So I would probably just ignore those kind of comments. And then, if she's apologizing for the ninth time, I probably, back at apology number two, would have said, Honey, you don't need to apologize anymore. And if you do, I'm going to have you go sit. <laughs> and I'm going to have you write an essay, 200 words, why you didn't need to apologize. And I'm going to try to break the habit. It's a habit. And the problem that is scaring you, mom, is that the habit in your mind could mean something psychological that you're not tuned into. Likely not. Not if her overall adjustment is okay. Kids have all kinds of quirks and oddities in their personalities that sometimes can get on a real roll. And a parent thinks, how do we stop this? Because we do what comes naturally. We reason. We talk. We reassure. We comfort. Yeah, that's part of Good Parenthood, but it sometimes can be the very thing that is fueling the problem. I'm Dr. Ray.
0: Solidarity HealthShare began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. They're a non medical cost-sharing ministry in which their members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but rather an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to the teachings of the Catholic Church. They'll never share in a medical care that goes against their values and morals, such as abortion, contraception, and sterilization. More information available at SolidarityHealthShare.org or at 844-313-4999.
1: The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. Now when Jesus was on earth, he taught us a great lesson. He taught us that he came for the sinner, not the virtuous. He came for you because you are imperfect. Because sin comes easy to you and sometimes you don't have the willpower to say no. But you see, if you understood the awesomeness of God and all his power and all his wonder, and he comes down to our level, he wanted to feel, how do you feel? I don't know anybody that loves anyone that might. And this imperfect being that's you and me and all of us, he did it for us. That's why you should never despair, because you're imperfect. For
0: more information on Mother Angelica, visit Religious Catalog at EWTNRC.com. We need EWTN Radio for the reason that Mother Angelica founded this entire enterprise. She always saw this as a spiritual growth network. It was to be an enterprise in media that reached people in all aspects of their life. She saw this as a a holistic approach to reaching the whole person in the middle of the world and bringing them truth
3: and life. Raymond Arroyo thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you.
2: more time for any more e-persons. I can piggyback off that previous e-person where mom was talking about her daughter, the perfectionistic trait, and I made the observation that personality traits come and go and sometimes completely reverse themselves depending upon the situation. In my very first book, You're a Better Parent Than You Think, there was, now how can I say that? Well, obviously the people who buy parenting books are trying harder to be better parents. There was a chapter called, Is My Child Normal? One of the subheadings of that chapter was the Jekyll Hyde Syndrome. Parents will say, he's a Jekyll Hyde! Oh, he can be the sweetest kid in the whole world, and all of a sudden, he's Mr. Hyde, and it doesn't even have to be nighttime, and he doesn't have to take any potion. It just happens. And they take this as part of his personality. His personality is this flip-flop. In fact, no. It's the context of his personality. The most common example of this is the kid who is at school a delight and at home a terror. Which is the real kid? Both. You probably have relatives that think the world of you. You are the sweetest, saintliest person they know. Then you have other relatives or friends who think you're judgmental, obnoxious, narrow-minded. They don't even like talking to you, right? Now, which is you? Mm -hmm. It's their perception. And in fact, probably with the people who like you, you're more relaxed. You are more pleasant. It's easier to be around them. You don't watch every word that comes out of your mouth. But with the people you know are constantly questioning you and looking at you askance and, and they think that the most negative things about you, you're nervous, you're, you're not yourself, you're not relaxed. And so what they see is a very different person than what the other people see who like you. Personality is very fluid across situations. And traits are big summary labels of us but they, they really vary from person to person, place to place, and time to time even. Thank you for joining me here on The Doctor Is In on this E-Person Monday. Good Lord, permit, see you tomorrow. We can do some talking ear to ear. I talk, you listen. You talk, I listen. And then sometimes I
0: interrupt. Walk with God. and Dr. Ray. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: Is your marriage struggling? You are not alone. The past 18 months have stressed many couples' relationships. There is help. Retrovi is a highly successful Christian peer ministry that helps couples heal and renew their marriages. The next program in San Antonio begins September 17th. For more information or to register, go to helpourmarriage.org or call 210-848-3278. Hi,
0: I'm Oscar Garza, proud principal of St. George Early College Catholic School. We serve students 6th through 12th grade. We want you to consider St. Gerard for the education of your child. We take a personal interest in your child's education,
2: well being, and Christian growth. We have an academic plan tailored to meet your child's needs. For more information, call Diana Signs at 210 533 8061. God bless.
0: Hello there, Guadalupe Radio Network listeners. The 2021 Fall Sharathon is coming at us quickly, and this year's Fall Sharathon theme is the measure of love. We ask that you please keep the success of the Sherathon in your prayers and call in to make a pledge of support. You can call in to make your pledge beginning Tuesday, September 14th. Thank you, and may God richly bless you and protect you.
3: Your connection to our treasured Catholic faith all day, every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
0: This is the station the Lord has made. KJMA, 89.7 FM, Floresville, San Antonio. Also at grnonline.com. So listen daily, rejoice, and be glad. You have the opportunity to be an active part of the GRM family by making a pledge of support for your radio station. Please pray for the success of the share We are so very thankful that you are part of the Lord's divine providence,
3: sharing of your prayers and financial gifts, which sustain the work of evangelization through the powerful means of radio. I invite you to tune in and join us next week as we share how Catholic Radio has changed so many lives for all eternity
0: due to your support to keep your station on the air. This is Len Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network with your GRN Family Minute. We are your Catholic Radio, radio for your soul.